It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Drive Energy Winners Circle Monday. Welcome to the week. It's brought to you by uh, our friends here at Coors Light. We've got a new sponsor alert. Molson Coors is now a sponsor of All City, Big Drive Energy, and The Works. Could you think of any more of a perfect sponsor? No. And the here's the thing is, Breck Brew, we love you. We still love Breck Brew. Breck Brew is the official craft beer of big drive energy. We can love multiple DMVR. beers. Oh yeah, we do every hole that we play of golf. That's true. Um, I was wondering but, where you're going with that. <laughs> but now we love Coors Light as well and couldn't think of a more perfect sponsor. Been drinking this since I was legally allowed to. I've been drinking it since I was Yeah, actually one of the most fun nights I've ever had in my life, I recall, was uh, a party in college and were you I You 21. You're 21 though. Uh, yes, let's let's go with that. I was 21, drinking at uh, the golf PGM house. A bunch of my buddies live there. I killed a whole six-pack of Coors Banquet in the little stubby bottles. The stubby bottles. And I was the best drunk I've ever been. It was so... We had such a great time. We were playing Frisbeer. Great game, by the way, that we used to play in college. Not really a thing anymore. You kind of got to have a setup for it. But Coors Light, Coors in general. Best light beer in the game. Yeah. Without a doubt. We call them lattes. Coors Lattes. If that's uh, what, that's what you hear us talking about, we're not talking about your skim, non-fat, two percent. Oh, that's with extra your, whip. That's your Starbucks drink. No, that is not. My Starbucks drink is very simple. Whatever. But yes, Coors Light, my my personal all-time favorite beer. Yeah, mountains. Are these mountains blue? They got to be blue. Uh, they're a little. They're kind of blue. They're not in ice, but yeah, they're slightly blue. When the mountains are blue, you know, I mean, you can get it's down. Only, it's only 215, you know, give it till happy hour, and I'm sure they'll be very blue. Oh, yeah. We're going to be hammering Coors Ready Lights. Ready to consume. All right. Let's talk about... So today, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. How about that? Whoa. <laughs> today, we're going to discuss the Genesis Invitational, Hideki Matsuyama, just an incredible Sunday. A lot of storylines came from the weekend, though. And then really not much else in the golf world from the past weekend. Tournament-wise, the Corn Ferry Tour was off, the LPGA Tour was off, Live Golf was not playing, and the Senior Tour, the PGA Champions Tour, if you will, the Chubb Classic. Shortened to 36 holes. Half Chubb. All-time greatest name for a tournament out there. And we'll talk a little bit about Stephen Ames, because you've got some insider info on his current teacher, uh, and maybe his secret sauce to how he's been winning on the Champions Tour so much. All right, before we go full double wristy on Hideki, let's talk about let's talk about our weekends real quick. 
How was your weekend? What did you, you know, we, we live together now, so it's not as fun, like, asking you how your weekend is. Yeah. Um, but how was your weekend from your point of view? <laughs> um, it was pretty good. Uh, we, we didn't do a whole lot. I went to, we, well, we went to a brewery, had a couple of beers. Um, and I know you're a big fan of breweries, but having a couple of midday beers to me is just not like my ideal and I'm not talking about like I love beer obviously I love mostly Coors Light but just drinking in the afternoon and having like two is just tough to me so I came home I had like a little bit of a buzz but then I was tired and then I had to babysit your child so you could go to the avalanche game I didn't have to I offered to yeah Um, yeah don't don't brother of the year evil on me Ricky Bobby brother of the year uh and your kid's been sick, so that's been a little bit of a pain in the ass, more for you. But I kind of get a little bit of residual on that. So, um, and <coughs> excuse me while I call. You're not 100% healthy either. So uh, that's a good time for me because I, it's one of those where I would just go to sleep thinking I would wake up sick the next day. And then I have kind of just fought through it. Like I, I have an iron stomach. Because, and I, I really do attribute it to the alcohol. I think it kills the germs. What do you think? Yeah, well, see, for me, whenever I start drinking when I'm sick, it, like, makes me feel better for... Temporarily, yeah. It's a temporary And then you band-aid. wake up feeling so much worse. A hundred percent. Yes. And the last couple of days I've woke up with that, like, my throat is dry before I even go to sleep. And so I know when I wake up, it's going to be full on Sahara desert. Top five worst feelings is going to bed, knowing you're going to wake up feeling worse than the way you felt going to bed, which is ironic because drinking usually does that. Yeah. Yet it's so fun every single time. Yeah. See like, but I'm not talking, you know, I, I, if I have a couple drinks a night, I don't have a hangover. Like if I really, really get into it, which, you know, I've been known to do from time to time, then I'll feel it. But, uh, actually, Remember when we went to Nashville the first time when I was like 21? I was sick for like three weeks in a row. And I remember just, I, I was on antibiotics. And I don't necessarily encourage this, by the way. Uh, but I was on antibiotics and I was also just drinking so heavily. And I just could not get better. But I didn't want to not drink because we were in Nashville. So that I just kept drinking and waking up and feeling like shit. And then it's just a vicious cycle. Because it feels like... If you drink and you're not feeling great, it's really that much harder to get better. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just never allowing yourself the time to rest or your body the time to like fully clear out all the bad toxins because you're just adding more into it. Yes. Um, but, but that feeling of just getting a little tipsy and starting that buzz is unmatched. Yeah. Oh, dude. And you feel the, feel the liquor coursing through your veins. You get the like warm shiveries. That, that is an all-time <laughs> feeling. Uh, sounds like we have a bit of a problem. We do not. We It's not a problem if you don't recognize it. So uh, let's just leave that one there. Um, so funny story about the brewery, though. I went to take a piss, <laughs> and I opened the seal, which was never a good idea. But I go to take a piss, and there's like this 70-year-old dude next to me, and all the dudes out there listening will know. When you have a 70-year-old dude next to you, he's full-on, arm up on the wall, leaning against it, like struggling it's in and out it looks like he's trying to change the oil on his car and he's just trying to take a piss it's like such an effort and he pissed for about five seconds and goes fuck that's all i've got that'll do though and then he zips up his pants 
walks to the toilet and actually he audibly yelled fuck so it scared walk, walk to the toilet or walk to the sink oh okay you, you like, get it you... he walked to the sink yelled fuck because he wasn't Got clearly done after, yeah. or he yeah he ended up a little spray a little after spray issue and then walked back out without washing his hands so that's oh. pretty unfortunate yeah uh, but it was funny because if you're a dude and you're if you're an older dude you know what it's like and if you're a younger dude you've seen what it's like and you know you're going to be there been there x number of years but yeah it's this it, ultimate struggle for them at the urinal um do females deal with the same thing as they get older or is it not the same thing like struggling well just like you think you're done peeing and then you're not um i've heard rumors <clears throat> i've never had a kid but once you have a kid that makes sense it like you can't control your bladder anymore that um, checks out spencer <laughs> I don't ask those questions. But but I think once you go through like the other phase, which I think is like menopause. Yeah, I think I think I think women struggle always. I think that we were just given That's a pretty broad statement. I mean, we don't really need to go down that road, but I think that we just We don't need to get too deep here. We don't need to get too deep. But no, I don't think I have ever had a woman next to me in the stall say fuck because she wasn't done. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing too. And let's just let's just gauge the room on this because I'm personally not a fan of it. But I know a lot of dudes that just, especially in like the middle of the night, that just sit down to go pee. Like that's just so not in my playbook that I I haven't I don't even think about it. But apparently, it it's easier to like fully pee and like get it all out, and you're just sitting there, so there's like no rush to be done. You know what I mean? I think the reason for that is I you're the two reasons you explained don't resonate with me at all. The reason oh, okay. for that for me would be to not miss the toilet in the dark. That's all. Yeah, that's also a very valid reason. Um but yeah, I I don't like do you think that's weird Marissa? Dude's sitting down to pee? No? Okay. I mean, a little bit of a weird pod topic, but I just honestly wanted to get everybody's opinion because I think it's a little weird if a dude just goes and sits down like in the middle of the day to go pee, but I could get in the middle of the night. Like you don't want to miss the toilet, multiple things. So, uh, no, I, I totally get that funny story. Um, so a little bit of exciting news for me personally, I am going to start giving lessons at one shot back downtown Denver for the next couple months. And then hopefully in the winter times going forward. Um, so this has kind of all happened in like the last week or two. Um, so I'm going to start teaching there and being their instructor at one shot back. And then I also got a teaching gig. I don't know exactly what my title is going to be. I might just be an independent instructor, but I'm going to be teaching at a course called the Rose at old bridge in New Jersey in the summertime. <laughs> so from basically May through September, October, I'm probably going to be in New Jersey, obviously going to be bouncing back and forth for golf tournaments, whatever. Um, and then I'm probably going to be in Colorado for the majority of, you know, November through March and still kind of bouncing back and forth. But um, I'm super stoked. I love One Shot Back. That place is awesome. We've done stuff there before. We've made content there before. It is a super cool cocktail bar that just happens to have a couple of world-class TrackMan simulators in it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope, you know, I just want to grow the game. I'm a big grow the game type of dude. So get people into it. And Marissa, let me ask your opinion on this. You're getting into golf and you, you know, other than knowing us who are golf pros, 
you don't really like know anybody in golf. Would you feel more comfortable getting lessons at a simulator or just going to a random golf course and getting lessons? I don't know. Do you think there's really a difference? Uh-uh. Okay. For like not knowing? Yes, just just yeah. for like for intimidation factor. I feel like I feel like a simulator is a little bit more welcoming mm-hmm. and it's a little bit more familiar like a top golf or a yeah. you know that type of thing versus going out to a golf course cuz there's so many like unspoken rules at a golf course and there's really actually kind of not that many but a lot of people think that's what golf is they think it's very complex and you know you got to be super careful and quiet and i feel like it's not quite the same vibe at like a simulator or a you know an indoor outdoor hitting facility so i'm really stoked for that because i think they have like a lot of ladies that come in that could possibly want to get started with golf and they're just kind of they just don't know how to go about it so it'd kind of give them that option I think um, anything in like general that you start new is really intimidating. But I think out of all, I mean, I've, I'm an athlete, like I've gone through like different things that are, I've never done before, but I think golf is probably the most intimidating to me Yeah, because of all the rules that there are. And there's so many different ways that you have to handle yourself and even dress code and stuff like that, that I think is really intimidating. So I do think like maybe somewhere a little more laid back at first will make someone comfortable totally um but yeah i think one-on-one anywhere i think is really good but also just I also do, do you think one-on-one's more intimidating than a group um i personally don't think so i think that i mean i think i would be a little nervous but i do think for someone like who's doing a group you have at least someone who's competitive will be more aware of what others are doing versus if you just go by yourself, you're just focusing on you and what you need to That's work true. on. Yeah. Um, but it is a little scary either way. I, I did a. Yeah. You did that golf class, camp yeah, out yeah, a with, couple summers. Yeah. Ago. And that was, that was fine. I also think it's, but I think it is better when you don't have other people that are around you. I mean, it's nice to know that you're not the only one that's shitty at it, but like, <laughs> but also like it makes it hard for you to focus on yourself because you're worried about like your hands and what they're doing. And I think stuff like that's that. very true. I never thought of it like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. You're going to have to come into one shot back. We'll make some golf videos on the sim. Um, and then old bridge. Can, throws I, book it- you? can I book you for half an hour? Uh, yeah. Time? Yeah. You can pay me money. Absolutely. Um, that sounds great. Uh, and then the Rose at Old Bridge out in New Jersey, it's a brand new golf course. So super cool spot. Um, I met Ryan, who's the, the director of golf general manager and just a really, really nice dude. He's from the Chicago suburbs, like kind of vibe right off the bat, like Midwest vibe. Um, and I really didn't anticipate this at all, but they just kind of needed help teaching. Um, and I, I threw it out there a couple months ago saying like, Hey, you know, if you need help this summer, I'd love to. And then he reached out last week and was like, yeah, I, I think as much teaching as you want to do, we would love to have you. So I'm trying to figure out uh, my schedule a little bit. And it's a little bit of a scheduling problem because I'm not naturally like a ske- very scheduled person. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching going forward. That's awesome. And you're like, I don't like to toot your horn ever. I, I don't like to get anywhere near your horn generally. Fair. But you are a great teacher, so I'm happy for you that you get to do something that you're actually interested in. And I remember all the days of you watching YouTube videos and learning from a bunch of different smart golf minds and melding your own teaching style and your ability to connect with people. So I'm happy for you. I think you're going to do a great job at both of these places. I appreciate that. And honestly, like teaching 
is one of the most satisfying things I think you can do, especially in golf, because when you see somebody have that, like a little bit of an aha moment where something clicks for them and they get it. I don't know if you ever had that in any of your lessons or not. Not usually. No. <laughs> um, didn't you give real quick? I'm sorry to ask you this. Didn't you give somebody a lesson? And they just start shanking the shit out of it. Uh, yeah. Two of my more memorable lessons were, uh, <laughs> one was the guy was hitting it fine and I, he was not happy with how he was hitting it. And I was like, dude, I'm not sure what to do here. Then I started telling what, him. What did you tell him? Bro, I don't even Just remember what I fucking like ate for dinner out. last night. But I told him something, and then he shanked 40 balls in a row to end the lesson, and I fucking wanted to cry. Oh, was that Ryan Kellerman? Uh, he was one issue. Uh, there was another one. Uh, and the funny thing was, Mark too, Malinowski, I gave him a lesson. Oh. Fucking PXG clubs. Just ballers a, play PXG clubs. Just a couple of miserable dudes, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I, he just started fucking hosel rocket after hosel rocket. He was wearing out the tarp on the side of the range, the net. Um, but he wasn't fun to teach. And there was a few, a lot of lessons where they just weren't fun. The The first guy you talked about, I brought you on as help. To, I, was, I was lost. I was swimming. I was like a duck. My feet were going a million miles an hour underwater, and I was trying to keep my head afloat and try to figure out what the fuck was wrong with the swing. Couldn't do it. You helped me out a little bit, but he was very, like, his hips were swaying like Shakira, and so he, I couldn't figure it out. Well, I couldn't I, get him to stop doing I, it. I will it say that, that you got stuck with a couple of, like, the, like I, may, I maybe would have done a little bit better job with them. I'm not knocking you, but you probably would agree. But those a couple of those dudes you taught were just like the worst possible people to give lessons to. Yeah. Like they don't want to change anything really about their swing. They want to argue with you about what they're doing. They want to tell you that you're wrong. Um, and that the way they're doing it is right. Like those, there's definitely a uh, learning golf is not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I equate my level of my expertise, if you will, of teaching is the people that are, kind of just getting into golf and just learning all the basics and the basics of a swing, what, you know, there's some right things to do. There's some wrong things to do. That's like my honey hole. Once they learn how to fly, once I've released them from the nest, if they break their wing, I'm not helping them. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a, I'm just helping them with getting the basics down. You just carry them back to the hospital. Exactly. I asked for, asked someone else to tap in. I also gave a 45 minute lesson where the female hit one ball the entire 45 minutes. Just whiffs. I wanted to disappear into the ground. It was whiff after whiff, one ball, thin top, about 10 yards in front of the tee box. No, Marissa's, she's actually like pretty decent. Because she's athletic. Like, that's the thing. People, I, well, I love when people are like, you know, I, I'm not very athletic, so I want to try golf. I'm like, well, you don't need to be athletic, but you need to be hand-eye coordinated. There's a, there's a difference. Like, obviously, I'm not a model athlete, but I can get the ball around. And then there's people that look like athletes, but they have no hand-eye coordination. It goes very poorly. I well, oh, go ahead. I just feel like golf is hard. Like, when you taught me, it's everything that's different than like a basketball player, like everything yeah. that I know as a basketball player, what foot to step with, what like rotation in your hips, stuff like that is the exact opposite, which. Well, and think about it like this. Golf is the only sport where you're, I guess, baseball, but you're facing away from your, tar- you're facing this way, hitting this way. So it's very odd. And actually there is some similarities to like catching a pass and laying it up um, as the turn goes like through 
with golf and basketball. But yeah, ultimately, like sports where you face your target and then sports where you face away from your target. That's why I think snowboarding is harder to pick up than skiing. Like kind of along those same lines where you're facing this way, trying to go this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, skiing is your both feet are are separate of each other. Snowboarding, you're controlling one thing with two feet, which is a lot harder. But one of the when you learn something or as young, like I we learned snowboarding young, so it doesn't seem skiing to me just seems scary. I don't want to do it. I don't want to face downward down the mountain. Like snowboarding, skiing skiing seems a lot more inviting. I have snowboarded and I've probably gone, I mean, I, I would say I'm relatively decent. I've gone probably like two dozen times, but the times I've hit my head snowboarding make me just never want to snowboard again. And I feel like you don't get that with skiing. Marissa. I have a question yes. about golf. Yes. I'm contributing today. Perfect. <laughs> Strength wise, like, does it matter? Like, do they like lift to hit it further? Like, is there any strength? Because to me, it feels like. Like, if you try to, like, hit the shit out of it, then it's not going to go anywhere. Well, it's all, like, the strength part of it is if, once you have a good base of a golf swing, the stronger you are and the more you have, like, fast twitch muscles and you can explode out, you know, explode on your hips and and get your, basically, once you have a good basis of a golf swing, the stronger you get, the, generally, the further you'll be able to hit the ball, the further your swing speed is. But yes, there's one caveat of not losing flexibility. Like a lot of you, you can't just be a, a muscle head, like super yoked and not be able to scratch your own back and be good at golf because you still need a range of motion. Like I would say, honestly, the, the best thing you can do to hit the ball far is be a tall, lanky dude. Like you rarely see shorter people really be able to hit the ball that far just because the leverage and the speed that tall people can create with a golf club. Like, I mean, our buddy Corey Thurman, for example, he's like six foot five, probably weighs 160, 170 pounds, but he can hit it 320, 330 yards just because he can, those, his long levers, his arms and his hip turn is, he's very flexible. He's like a wet noodle. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the best way to hit it far, but being relative, like obviously you can't change your own height, but strength can definitely help you as long as you retain flexibility and actually, I would pick flexibility over strength in golf because you can create more speed by simply turning further back versus <laughs> like if you make a 30 degree turn and then really try to like arm swing it hard, you're not going to create as much speed as if you make a 90 degree turn away from your target and create all the speed that way. So that was but, a great question, Marissa. Thank you. I was curious because <laughs> I'm good at hitting it further for a woman. Like I can hit it pretty yeah. far. Yeah. But like I had a coworker once say, well, it's because you lift a lot. And I'm like, I feel like when I do hit it really far, it has nothing to do with my ability. Well, and also 90% of it is contact based. So you can (laughs) swing it very hard. But if you don't make really good contact, that's where like the women on the LPGA tour, they don't, a lot of them don't swing it 100%. Like a lot, and even guys on the PGA tour, they're not swinging it, you know, 100% all the time. They're probably swinging it about 90, 95% with an emphasis on making perfect contact because 95% with perfect contact is going to go further than a hundred percent with non-perfect contact. So that, that means a, a great bit of it too. So yeah, going into the weeds a little bit more on that. So <laughs> there's on simulators, you'll see what's called a smash factor, smash factor, per, perfect smash factor means you literally hit the ball at, in the perfect spot. And it it's the ball speed was 1.5 
times your club head speed. So if you swing it at 100 miles an hour, a driver, and your smash factor is perfect every time, that ball speed is going to be 150. You can swing it at 120, which is insanely fast. And if your smash factor is 1.2 or 1.3, you're not going to get up to that 150 ball speed. So contact is really, and that's what like a lot of people don't realize is people think that they slow their swing down and they hit it better. That can be true, but it's only true if slowing their swing down actually makes better contact. It's not, has nothing to do with the fact that they're slowing it down. There's no, you know, if you swung the club 150 miles an hour and also made perfect contact, you'd still hit it further. So I always tell people swing as hard as you can, but you have to have that foundational base in order to be like comfortable swinging it as hard as you can. You'd rather swing it at 80 miles an hour and hit, hit the ball better than swing it at a hundred and not hit the ball as well. Yeah. And there's definitely uh I mean, in golf, you need rhythm, but a lot of people confuse speed with rhythm where like, and one of my instructors as a kid told me it this way. It's like, if you're listening to a song, a song can be in rhythm and have a faster pace than another song that's also in rhythm. So rhythm, a lot of people confuse speed for rhythm. Like whenever, when somebody says, slow your swing down, that's with the thought of trying to get your swing more in rhythm and less disjointed, but it doesn't always work like that because some of the best players in the world swing very quickly and it doesn't mean they swing fast. Like I have a pretty quick rhythm temp. I have a quick tempo. Like I, I take it back quick and I go quick. Spencer probably takes it back slower, even though he swings it faster, but it's all a very like personal thing. So slowing your swing down is definitely more of a fallacy. Um, but Spencer's right. If slowing your swing down, then and you do it correctly and it gives you better contact, then you're ultimately going to hit the ball better. I'm sorry. So, what did you just say? You were right. Wow. You, well done. Fucking bookmark that. Yeah. I got to give you your, your props. I appreciate that. All right. Let's, that was a good, good little swing discussion. Yeah. Uh, let's got, let's get into really quick, go through the chub classic. Um, Steven Ames. Let's won, get into the chub. Won the half chub, 36 hole event. Uh, talk a little bit about Stephen Ames, his teacher, and it, really what's propelled him to win. I believe he's won like six times in the past couple of years on the Champions Tour. Yeah, I think he won four times last year, and then he's already won this year. They only had two events. Um, but he was actually, so do you remember uh, the famous match where a dude talked shit about Tiger's uh, ball striking? Was it putting or ball striking? I think it was his ball striking. He was like, well, you know, he's kind of hitting it all over the place. This is back in like the early 2000s. Um, and he goes, you know, anything can happen. Because they were playing down in Tucson. I remember it was the match play. And it was Stephen Ames that was shit-talking Tiger. And Tiger went out and beat him 9-8. and eight. Uh, Literally just boat raced him. Won almost, I think, every single hole. And so that kind of shut him up. And I feel like that's what Stephen Ames is almost most well known for but he was one of the best ball strikers on tour you know 15 20 years ago he's a very very good ball striker and i, I he struggled with his short game i know um but he's been working with this teacher that i've been following for a while his name is shaheen Nakjavani. um he's out of montreal and he's really like straightened out steven adams sand game steven which ames. is i'm sorry steven ames uh steven ames sand game and his iron play and his driver have just been like money. He's been boat racing the Champions Tour. Yeah, it feels like once a guy gets on the Champions Tour, that not that he shouldn't be there, but 
Stephen Ames could almost compete on the PGA Tour still, and there's the guys that are like teetering yeah. where it's if they're playing good golf, they're almost unbeatable on the Champions Tour. But going to the PGA Tour, they're like a mid-level player that made top 20 if they're having a week. Right. So well, it's that awkward line that they can tow when they get to that age where would you rather play on the Champions Tour and try to win every event, or would you rather you know still swing it on the PGA Tour and maybe... Maybe snag a top 20, you know, right. like Kevin Kisner style. Well, dude, so this is, so I was looking at the leaderboard because I knew we were going to talk about this. I feel like the the Champions Tour, and maybe it's just our generation and I'm dating myself. I, I'm not old, obviously, but uh, this is crazy to look at this leaderboard because I almost feel like there's more recognizable names in this Champions Tour field than there is in a lot of PGA Tour fields. So Stephen Ames, I think you would recognize that name. Um, you know, if you've been a golf fan for 15 to 20 years, good Lord, I can't talk. Rocco Mediate, everybody knows that name. He came in second. Ernie Els came in T3, obviously a very famous name. Steve Stricker, know that name. Davis Love the Third, you know that name. Jerry Kelly, pretty, uh, you know, popular name. Um, Brian Gay, who was on tour, I think he's pretty freshly on the Champions Tour. Uh, KJ Choi, famous name. Uh, Padre, Padraig Harrington. Yep. Freddie, uh, Freddie Couples. Couples down there. Miguel, Miguel. Miguel Angel Jimenez. Uh, Paul Goidos, who is a real. He he shot one of the fifty nines at the John Deere Classic a couple years or a couple years ago, like a decade ago. Um, Boo Weekly. Nota Begay. Uh, Scott. Scott Appleby. Is it Steve? Scott. Stuart Appleby. Jesus. Stuart Appleby. David Toms. Ken Duke. Mike Weir, Colin Montgomery. Like, I, I don't need to keep going, but how insane is that? Like, you recognize all those names, do you not? 100%, yeah. And then you go through the PGA Tour leaderboard, and you're like, who's Adam Svensson? Who's, you know, who's this guy? And it's not a knock on these PGA Tour guys. It's just, it feels like names be, used to be so much more recognizable. And maybe that's just because we were just into it and had it on the TV all the time. But now you look at PJ Tour leaderboards and you recognize maybe 10, 15 of the names. Yeah, like this next weekend, the Mexico Open, oh my God, it's going to yeah. be a bloodbath of names. Our pod next Monday is going to be a fucking treat. <laughs> we're going to have <laughs> we're gonna have zero background information on any of these dudes. Tony Fino is probably going to win it. I, it, it. If he's in the field, that's an auto bet because he wins. He loves to win events that don't mean anything. <laughs> That's kind uh, of Serbo is going to fucking eviscerate me for that, but it's the truth. Um, but yeah, the, I was just looking at the champions tour leaderboard and I was like, holy shit, all these names that I grew up watching are now on the champions tour. Phil Mickelson would be out there if he wasn't getting an absolute bag on the live tour. <laughs> exactly. Steven Ames, little Canadian, 270 K in earnings for playing 36 holes. Uh, I guess the weather in Naples, Florida, is just not, not good. No. Well, they're, so the Daytona 500 was supposed to be yesterday because we're having a guest on on Wednesday, uh, former um, Ole Miss golfer, former Latino America player, former uh, PGA Tour Canada player. Uh, and I we actually played high Well, you didn't play high school golf with him because he was a year younger than me. But I played golf with him at Valor. So he was one of Wyndham Clark's teammates at Valor. Um, his name's Josh Seipel, so we're going to have him on Wednesday. It's not going to be live, but we're going to attach uh, the interview to the end of the live portion of it. Um, but he was he's he lives in Jacksonville now, and he was supposed to go to the Daytona 500, 
because I asked him if he could do the interview today. And he was like, well, I think they're going to move the Daytona 500 to Monday, which they ended up doing due to weather. Um, so it just sounds like everywhere in Florida is getting rocked by rain and wind. Uh, this is not a hot take. We talked about this in Arizona. Florida weather in the winter. <laughs> Florida. Oh, yeah, I actually said that correctly. Florida weather in the winter. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. Um, is not that great. Like, I don't think you can really go down there and play a bunch of golf in the wintertime. Isn't that like one of the hubs for golf when it's not, you know, just November through March? I, I think it depends. I think if you go really far south, like the Miami area, it probably is. But if you're in northern Florida, like Jacksonville, um, even like Tampa's kind of central, central southish. But I think you got to go pretty far south to really get really good weather in the wintertime in Florida. Okay, well, Naples clearly didn't have it. Uh, and did you see, so what was interesting is they cut one of the days down to nine holes, and it was holes one through four and then 14 through 18. It, kind of a, just a complete debauchery of, you yeah. know, I mean, one of the things about golf is you can't, you can play in certain levels of weather, but the second that the ball can't, you can't, you're having standing water on the green, standing water in the fairways, it just doesn't, it's on unplayable hence the the term unplayable i just thought about this like do you think the pga tour will never again do a shotgun because the live tour does it because realistically if they wanted to get it done quickest they just and obviously nine holes is nine holes but you send everybody out at the same time on a different hole get it done quick for weather purposes but i was just thinking i don't know if the pga tour would ever do a shotgun again because it's it's like lives thing now yeah, they, they would be hard They're standing pressed. on business. Another thing, uh, no, go ahead and finish your thought. I just say they, they'd be hard-pressed to try to justify that when yeah. their constant dialogue is so anti, we are not the live tour. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I realized looking at the Champions Tour, like leaderboards and shit, is, and I don't know if you thought about this, but they don't get official world golf ranking points because they only play 54 holes. So, like, the best Champions Tour player on the entire tour doesn't have a single world <coughs> ranking point. So, I wonder if that's going to change if they end up changing the way the world ranking points are assessed. Uh, you know, with Liv being able to get world ranking points, playing 54 holes. I wonder if the Champions Tour is is going to get world ranking points then. It would be kind of cool to see some of these, like, older big names like, even if you gave a spot or two to, you know, a U.S. Open or a, a Open Championship, shit like that, I think that would be badass. Yeah, letting those guys go out and, of course, if they've won the tournament, you know, well, then 20, 30, 40 in. years ago, they were already in. But yeah. a, a few extra guys that were playing good golf, throw them in the field. It's better right. than throwing some fucking random uh, sponsors invites in there that are going to shoot 72, 73 and bag it up for the weekend. Totally. Uh, speaking of bagging it up for the weekend, before we get into the final round and just the entire tournament at the Genesis Invitational, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bet365. Uh, ironically, this week on Bet365, we hit two top tens, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, but it was backdoor. a it backdoored it 100%. And then was it Will's, a T10, though? T10. And then Will Zalatoris, my boy, who... 
Didn't come through on the win. I think that's like four or five second place finishers in a row we've had. But Bet365, we always use them to bet golf. They have the great each way options. Use the code ALLCITY in all caps when you sign up and you can get a no sweat bet of up to $1,000. So place a bet, you miss it, you get to place another bet of the same amount. Try to hit that, gain that money into your account for no sweat, or you can bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets. If you're a golf better, using bonus bets is the most fun. Uh, somebody tweeted us a picture this week, uh, Sunday, of one of their golf bets, and they put a dollar to win 80 on Hideki Matsuyama winning the tournament. Wow. So that's a massive hit. Congrats to him. Uh, but bet three, six, five is by far the best betting app we've ever used and makes, it makes golf so easy. You go in there, you put the each way one through 10. That's what we bet on every single week. Pick your players. I did have a, this was, this is an honorary mention for my mulligan of the week, but I, I was going to did say not your put mul- your mulligan. Of the I'm week. so addicted to Eric Cole that I did not put Will Zalatoris on my card. So when I give out bets on any show, whether it's the DNBR bet shows I used to be on this show every week, I always bet them because I believe there's no point in giving out a pick if you're not going to take it yourself. I agree. That's that's just a pr- I stand on business with that. <laughs> but I just must have had a fucking brain fart, and I bet. I did not bet Will Zalatoris for the top 10, but the guy that I am addicted to, Eric Cole, I bet him top 10, and he ended up finishing T10 because he had a great Sunday. So I ended up hitting the bet, not for as much, because the T10s, obviously, it portions it out a little bit more than Will Zalatoris being a firm top 10-er, getting second place. Uh, but that's a little bit of my you know, my mulligan of the week on deck. Uh, I've got a better one for that, but just an unfortunate situation that my one guy that I'd picked in the top 10 was leading by himself for like 12 seconds on Sunday uh, at 40 to one thought I was going to hit it, but I did not, but use bet three, six, five, use the code all city. You get two different offers that you get to choose from. Also want to tell you guys about Breckenridge distillery, our favorite whiskey. I had now I'm sick again. I'm just going to spend all of 2024 sick. I had some hot toddies on Saturday night, a little Breckenridge distillery whiskey in there, some cinnamon, Honey tea, so good makes it. I had one myself. Yeah, it was so good on the throat. Uh, Breckenridge Distillery is by far our favorite distillery. Make sure you check them out at BreckenridgeDistillery.com. It is available in all fifty states, including Alaska and Hawaii. So check out your local liquor store or go to their website and see where you can pick some up. And if you're ever in the beautiful state of Colorado, check out the distillery. We'll be up there for sure for a bachelor party last weekend of June. Breckenridge Lookout, going to be an absolute gong show up there. So I'm looking forward to that. But Breckenridge Distillery is by far my favorite whiskey. And I still haven't busted into the Powder Hound a ton that you guys got me for Christmas. Yeah, it's for special occasions. Special occasions like Friday night. (laughs) Like this Friday night, if you feel better. Seems like a special. Let's have one. Let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, all right, let's get to the Genesis Invitational. So a lot of storylines came out of this week. Let's start with Tiger Woods should rename his company Friday Red because he made it through uh, Thursday and Friday, uh, partial Friday, and then withdrew. And there was actually a group of people that had the big dog shirts on, you know, that Tiger made a meme, and they were on seven. So they waited the whole time for Tiger to get to them on Friday with their big dog shirts, uh, and he quit after six. (laughs) So there's some rumors going around. He actually hopped in an ambulance for a little bit. Uh, It was an illness, but there was a lot of funny tweets to come out of it. And Marissa, let's get one of these clips up here. Um... This is, so this is Tiger, yeah, this is Tiger, not a pickle guy. Uh, we did some research and found this, this is going to hit it out. Double, double, no spread, pickles. Their sauce? I would assume just the In-N-Out sauce. So, question here, did In-N-Out give Tiger the illness? Did he give him the runs to where he wasn't able to finish the tournament that he was hosting? Because... This is a pretty bad look for In-N-Out, and I've been on the record saying like In-N-Out's not that good. I was going to say, does this cement them as overrated? They're trying to fucking bury the <laughs> best player in the entire history of They're trying of to golf. bury the king of golf with their undercooked fucking slop. But at least we know it wasn't the pickles. So, all right, are you, you're, obviously pickles have to be on a burger, correct? I was going to say, let's, let's do a quick round, round table discussion. I'll build my own burger. You guys do yours. Okay. Um, I'm going full. I'm going all the way. So I like it cooked medium. Obviously, at a if we're going fast food, you don't get a choice. Uh, at that point, I prefer like Freddy's. Have you had Freddy's burgers? Freddy's steak burgers are fire. Freddy's are fire. Have you had Freddy's? What the fuck? It's like an old school diner kind of spot. They have like the uh, one of the desserts they have. God, I'm getting off the fucking rails. custard. No, well, it's not a custard. It's like the dirt and worms. Like, you had as a little kid, like... The mud box. Yeah, is that what... You call it a mud box? Yeah, or like, it's like the little... Yeah, with the little worms. Worms and dirt. Yes. I've heard of a mud box. I was going to say... You don't order that from a restaurant. When I think of mud box, I think of a different thing. Oh, well, I mean, Um, that's what we called it. (laughs) That's what you called it as a kid? I think we called it dirt and worms because it was... Let's all hang out and eat each other's mud boxes. (laughs) Okay. Did you guys bring a mud box to share? Right. Um, you guys but anywho, the worst. Uh, I like I like mustard. I like ketchup. I like lettuce. Definitely cheese. And I, one of the most underrated things, in my opinion, is a sesame seed bun. Sesame seed buns put everything over the top for me. Like I, I don't know what it is. I love the flavor of sesame seeds. So I'm going bottom bun. Medium burger, uh, cheddar cheese, lettuce, probably some onion, ketchup, mustard, um, top bun. And another quick question, you guys might bring it up. Is mayo psycho shit on a burger? Do you put mayo? You don't. I, I've, I've done it time to time, like a little ketchup mayo mixture, a little fancy sauce. Um, but it is kind of a weird, it gives it too much like fat. It's that to me is like a when I make burgers at home, 
I, I'm not uh, that big of a fat fuck where I'll order two at a restaurant. <laughs> but when I make a burger at home, I make myself two always. For because, sure. You know, one's just not enough. And so my first burger is just playing the hits. I'm burger. I like mine like on, medium, black. medium well-ish. I like it to be juicy, but not like, I'm not a big fan of, I love red meat, but not in a hamburger. I don't know why. It just kind of freaks me out. I think it's just the old way of thinking. And then you go lettuce. I go full on lettuce, tomato, pickles, onion, and then ketchup and mustard. It's everything that you could want on a burger. I'm all the way in on. I'm going to interject. I have a hot take. I like pickles, but not directly on a burger. I like them individually, but I don't. It's just too random. Like you get a random pickle bite. I don't like that. Like. I like my I like things to be consistent. There's nothing more well, that's why on my own burgers I use the like lengthened spears. That is psycho shit. You put long spears on a burger. The ones that are thinned out. Okay. Oh they're like flat. Okay. They're not like a triangle. That's what I'm I thought it was like a triangle no, spear. No, if you put a triangular like pickle spear in your, your burger, bun's fucking sitting three inches off the top because you're your big pickle. No. <laughs> um but no, I just now my mouth's watering thinking about pickles because they're so fucking good. But I always take the pickles off my burgers and eat them before I eat the burger. Is that weird? It's not. That's not okay. That's not yeah. weird. I love but, that. Like, there's nothing better than when you're fucking housing a McDouble, <laughs> and, and you hit that and you pickle? hit that pickle bite. That shit slaps so unbelievably hard. Yeah, I mean, and they're usually two, and they're like ones folded over, and they're kind of right in the middle of the bun. Yeah, but they're there. But sometimes you're gonna you get, get like to a them. double pickle bite, and you're like and. Like half of it's hanging out of your mouth and you got to like catch it and shit. Like the, I wish there was just more of a uniform way to, to set pickles up on a burger. If I don't know if that's makes me weird, but well, might. yeah, I mean, it's just called not, a restaurant not being cheap and putting well, more But pickles. if I'm getting a fucking $3 burger, I'm going to expect they they're throwing the pickles behind their back, like over their shoulder onto my burger. So um, I, I don't expect a lot when it comes to McDonald's. So I just pull them off, eat them, then go to my, I might have to get McDonald's after this. Jesus Christ. I'm just like, my mouth is watering. Now. All right, Marissa, build, build that burger. Uh, I'm pretty l- <laughs> You just got a fucking frog uh, in your throat. Got a fucking tongue twister. <laughs> build that burger. Build that burger. Move that bus. Okay. Okay. Burger. I'm lame. I don't like anything except pickles on my Burger. No sauce. No, I used to. You're eating a dry, dry ass meat? burger. No, no, no. Dry if it's a, if, if it's a good mess. if it whoa if it's a good <laughs> burger, then it's like really juicy. Like I like the medium. Okay. Um, I like smash burgers. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Christian makes a really good one. Um, but if I just I used to like sauce, like I like mustard and ketchup. But as I'm getting older, I feel like it's too much. So I just like. The pickles and then the burger. I don't like lettuce. I don't like tomato. I don't like onion. Like when I go to McDonald's, I ask no onion because it's gross. That's fair. Onion gives me heartburn. So. I, their onion, though, I will say I'm not a big fan of onions only on burgers and certain things. They do a good job of like spreading the onion out. Like it's and not it's like so small that putting, it's just a little not, bit of a yeah, in the Yeah, it's not bite. like putting three big ass circular but, onions on your burger. But I disagree. Like it's like too much. It's like, so I get the quarter pounder at okay. McDonald's. Damn, all right. I see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I was unfamiliar with your game. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow. Um, but they put like a spoonful of like the chopped onions and it's just too much. It almost makes it. 
like too salty okay oniony. we'll see where i have an issue with no sauce is it's not necessarily like the flavor it's more about just the dry ass bun being straight on the meat but that like again if you have a really good burger then like the juices from the meat will end up like making it bun. yeah okay, like I, I can, just yeah i'm I not can see that but if Pretty I'm going to take, I'm going to look at you. A I know, right I know. But if I, if I go somewhere where it's like a shitty burger and that, then I'll put mustard and ketchup on there. Okay. Yeah. Fancy, fancy it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So good meat. You're just very bare on the other, other things. <laughs> yes. Got it. That's, that's, yeah, that's completely fair. Getting, getting to know each other a little bit, <laughs> learning some things that are forgettable. All right. Let's get back to the Genesis Invitational. Sorry for that fucking off the ra- off the rails burger rant. I just like build your own burger time. Um, so Tiger Woods withdrew. We also have uh, another clip. Marissa, can we pull that up? And once again, if you're not on the YouTube, hop on the YouTube with us. Big Drive Energy Golf. Watch the podcast. See our beautiful faces. Our beautiful set. Tiger Woods had a massive s bomb uh, oh, on Thursday. Was, 18th yeah. hole, uh-huh. club twirl, everything. Yep. He ended up making only bogey. Uh, hit a great approach from that spot right through the trees, but kind of wild to see the best player in the world hosel rocket one on one of the oh, most famous intervals of yeah. all time. Uh-huh. Essentially, that cut full yep. club drop. Uh, one of the best tweets I did see about this was he right away. Somebody quote tweeted this and said he he caught more neck than the last time he went to Perkins, <laughs> and that sent me that was uh definitely uh, in the get in the vault for tweet of the week but so tiger Woods shanked a shot and i we did tweet about this on thursday as well i just tweeted when spencer uh knows there's trouble right that's oh yeah it's headed straight for it but no also just on tiger woods he did withdraw we're not going to talk much more about him but thursday's coverage there was 20 to 30 guys on the golf course espn plus which is awesome if you're a golf fan. Check out ESPN Plus. It's worth the subscription golf alone Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning before anyone else is covering the tournament. True. I was watching Tiger Woods draw lines on his golf ball and hit four footers with one hand more than I was watching other guys out on the golf course. Yeah. And that's what he does for the game. That's what he does for coverage. And I get it. But at the same time, like we're here to watch golf shots. Once he got to the number one tee, I'm cool. Woods featured group yeah, have a have him, something that exactly Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Legitimately, like, is there any other... Uh, is there any other... Is my mic fucked up? Perfect. Uh, who else could you see in the world that would... They, they would show his like him getting a burger. Like, do you think they videotaped anybody else grabbing their In-N-Out order besides Tiger Woods? No, there's probably That's dudes just that had, like, <laughs> four or five orders that they could have grabbed them multiple times. Patrick Reed probably showed up on his week off for the live tour just to get the free In-N-Out. In sunglasses and a hat. Hey, I heard they're serving free burgers here. So we got... <laughs> but Tiger, you know, not the greatest uh, return to play, but, I, I mean, he did... 
he shot one over par uh, with the shank bogey on 18. So what? Did, what? Did, how many over was he on Friday? I think he was like th- two or three over. I Friday. think he was playing pretty poorly. It was funny because Kylie, your wife, uh, she said that she was watching golf. Respect. She always watches golf. Um, but she was uh, watching Tiger, and she goes, "Oh, he's like limping around." And I'm like, "Oh, is he playing poorly?" <laughs> because as tail as old as time, Tiger Woods, whenever he starts playing bad, he just acts like he's hurt. And he probably is hurt, but he doesn't act like that when he's playing well. He just acts like that when he needs an excuse. So I think that kind of cracks me up. Obviously, he's an elite athlete, best golfer of all time, top two, not one. Um, but he, it's a tail as old as time. Hits a bad shot, grabs his back. Hits a bad shot, limps away. Like, that shit bugs me. Yeah, and even jokingly, after he hit the shank on 18 and someone asked him about it, he said he was having back spasms. <laughs> See, so like, he just, you need he's so deep everything. in, yeah, he's so deep in that bit yeah. that he can't dig himself he, out of it. He's ever. like the LeBron James of golf. Yes, uh, it, 100%. Exactly. Yep. I would say he's less of a diva. I hate Tiger Woods a lot less than LeBron, but uh, yeah, same. When you're an elite athlete and you literally think that you can do no wrong, and that everything else is like working against you, and that's why something went wrong. That's basically what Tiger Woods is. Uh, but let's talk about. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was gonna, gonna say either Chase Johnson real quick. Uh, yeah. So shout out to Chase Johnson. He got the uh, Charlie Sifford um, exemption. Yep, and he made the cut. He was only the fourth player uh, to ever do that at the Genesis. So shout out to him. Made Fire. a crisp fifty one thousand dollars this week, uh, making the cut in a signature event. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool honor for Chase Johnson, um, being able to get that exemption and then turn it into making a cut on the tour because it's yeah. a lot harder than people think it is, and uh, especially at a course like that. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of high numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to Chase Johnson making the cut. Uh, with the Charlie Sifford Memorial uh, exemption. And then also wanted to talk a little bit about, let's get into Jordan Spieth and the disqualification. Like this rule, it, as it rules are rules, let's base it off of that. Yeah. But this shit's got to change, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like there's no way that uh, with all the cameras around, everybody knows what he shot. I, do you really think that professional golfers have to go into a tent like it's a high school Chassa fucking qualifier and make sure their scorecard is right. Yeah. Every single hole. Like that could have been in Tom Kim was a scorer. I'm not going to, sh- I love my boy, Tom. Uh, we're going to show a clip of him Tom in a little bit. Hilarious. Almost missed his tea time, but is it Tom Kim's fault? Is it Jordan? It's definitely Jordan Spieth's fault in the end. I relate this to like suits. Is it Mike's fault for being a fraud or is it Harvey's fault for hiring a fraud? It's the chicken or the egg. Yeah. Is it Tom Kim's fault for writing the wrong score and Jordan just trusted him? Ultimately, Jordan, aka Harvey Specter in this thing, he didn't he didn't do what he should have done and check his own card. Totally. But Tom Kim, whether knowingly or not, there's been some some speculation just wrote down the wrong score. So this rule's got to change in my opinion because we know what they shot. In in a tournament where there's not cameras on every hole and it's not tracked, Fine, the scorecard is binding. But in a tournament like this where everybody knows where he's at, I don't think it's worth the the silly rules or rules fi- final decision to this answer. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. It's just there's you, you got to pick a side to stand on because you either think it's a stupid ass rule 
that should be gone or you think that all rules should be followed regardless of how stupid they are, you know, and I follow along the lines of, I think it should have never really been a rule in the first place. It's for, it's a rule for people that are trying to keep the integrity of their playing partners when there's nobody else looking, you know, that, that was the original meaning of why they do that. So yes, on the PG tour, when you have a camera following you around and they know exactly what you shot and then you, you just, and, and what I heard too, I forget who was talking about it, but he was like, uh, it was a tour player talking about it. And he goes, he, I think he finished with double bogey. Uh, he just rolled like, he, so he was probably annoyed, kind of wanted to get out of there. Tom Kim handed him the card. He signed it, handed it in, didn't think anything of it. So it's one of those things like in, in golf, there's so many, like how many times you hit the wrong ball in a tournament? At least once it's happened. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. And people do that. And it's something you never think you're going to do until you do it. And then you're like, Holy shit, that was the stupidest thing ever, but it's just a lapse of judgment. He wasn't really thinking, but it shouldn't disqualify him from the event. If anything, maybe like a one stroke penalty, correct, whatever. Yeah. Cause like you said, hitting the wrong ball, there's a lot of different rules and fractions you can have. Not a lot of them. If you go back and fix your issue, yeah, you then get you get you get to move on. I mean, he was playing well. He was going to make probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and because there was a three instead of a four on the scorecard that somebody else wrote down, yeah, you know that that disqualifies you from the entire tournament. I think it's just a little a little outdated, and the fact that everything is so watched nowadays people can call in and fucking say they can't do that anymore I, but you, they, you understand yes. what i'm saying is like people can see stuff from tv and call in or say something about it then this rule needs to be changed in terms of i think going to it's it's still his mistake he should still pay for it but he shouldn't be dq'd out of the event because he yeah. signed the wrong scorecard they should say hey you know you didn't make this you signed the wrong score two stroke penalty whatever it ends up being but not completely disqualifying him from the entire event. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's it's a step too far, but that's golf. Like, that's why it's so old school. No world ranking points in this, but it it's just political bullshit. It's a, not that necessarily, but they, they have a really tough time changing, um, similar to like baseball. They're just, I wouldn't say golf's a dying sport, but you have to evolve with the times in order to stay current and golf is just fought that every step of the way yeah 100 percent. all right let's give a shout out to our boy uh he's not really our boy this week it was will zalatoris but i want to say about will zalatoris had a death in the family played through it finished t2 so shout out to him uh almost brought home the dub for us but hideki matsuyama absolutely incredible 18 holes of golf on sunday nine under par wiped the field away uh when it looked like Patrick Cantley was minus 265 to win this tournament starting Saturday. And he shot one over par. Uh, Patrick Cantley and Xander Schauffele combined for even par round together. The final group on Sunday, which they didn't even end up mattering by the time they came up. Uh, but there was it was a really fun Sunday until Hideki fully went god mode on 15-16 and just turned, you know, absolutely ended the tournament. Yeah. But at one point... There was five guys all tied for the lead at 14 under. Zal Torres was there. Luke List was leading for a good four or five holes on Sunday. Hideki finished it off, but just an incredible round from him and not much else you can say. I mean, the guy hasn't won in 
uh, since I want to say two years over two years. Yeah, oh, like almost a full calendar year. I, I think. No, I think it was like seven hundred and twenty something days. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think it's been that long. Google it. I got. It. I think it's been that long since he won. But he's one of those dudes when he gets hot with his ball striking. There's really not many guys that are as good as him. Tita Green. Like you saw those two iron shots. I think it was 15, 15 16 where he hit two back to back one hundred ninety yard shots collectively to nine inches and six inches. Like statistically speaking, nine inches is a lot. Nine, well, six inches is a lot, but in golf terms, that's a tapping. You know, you tap that. So, just putting it away down the stretch was in like just crazy to me. Like he there's some dudes that shrivel in those moments. And then there's some dudes that really step up and Hideki's just kind of one of those dudes, even though he has not won in a while when he gets in that position, he's going to finish it off. Like he's that experienced. He's that good. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find the his the, last, one. the tweet here. No, I was trying to find the tweet originally of, uh, what Hideki's two shots were like, I think they were like, there was a tweet that was, you know, 181 to six inches. And then, 197 to nine inches and they were both of those shots were an entire stroke gained in themselves on the field yeah that's, just those two golf shots uh his last win uh he did not win in last year 2022 20, 23 so correct it was 21 22 21 22 was it the masters is the masters his last win i don't think it was this is not the best use of our time here, but uh oh, he won the Zozo in t- late twenty twenty one. Okay, so that's what it was, and then the Masters uh that year. Cool. Before that, so well, congrats okay. to Hideki. Cool. Uh, his caddy got a legendary photograph again. I think. Do we have this tweet or no? No, we don't. Oh, okay. Um, he was sitting on the tee box waiting for the other groups to finish, just ripping a vape. Uh, a lot of those Asian dudes, and you know. Eastern, not Eastern European, Asian, Chinese, all those guys like uh, Tong, or n- not Tong Chai Jai D, uh, Kyrdag Afi Barnrat was the famous dude for the vape. Uh, but all those dudes just love vaping. It must be a very popular thing over there. Yeah, we have, let's play one more clip uh, that we have here. Uh, this is Tom Kim running to the T. Hilarious, especially after the whole in and out debacle. Um, we've got Tom Kim about to miss his tea time. This is from Tour Golf, so it's not real, but it said, as he approached the tee, he said, I just shit my brains out, never eating in and again. And watching him Tom run, Kim dude, is Genesis is not a place I mean, that high it's talented like to the first tee, safe tea to run time is because of that away. downhill and where it goes Good to the one. first tee, and considering that's like off of a cliff. Yeah. Um, but bad bad form here from Tom Kim running Tom across Kim the putting is, green but Tom Kim's got hustling. I mean high talent to the first tee he's got some thick tea time fucking moments legs. away he's got an ass like I I don't I haven't seen very many dudes with an ass like that so I'm very impressed good for you Tom <laughs> shout out Tom the tank engine for his fucking caboose yeah <laughs> well done uh, all right, let's finish this episode up with our weekly segment of Mulligan of the Week. Mulligan Woo! of the Week, as I alluded to earlier on my uh, cutting room floor, was not actually betting Will Zalatoris and betting Eric Cole. It kind of worked out for me. I still made a little money. Uh, do you want to start with your Mulligan of the Week for us? Um, yeah, I'll go for it. 
uh, I sent a text to the wrong person. Oh, no. And it was supposed to go to my girlfriend. It wasn't supposed to be anything fucked up. Like, it wasn't gross. Um, but just when you send a text to the wrong person, and I tried to unsend it, and it was like one of my buddies, but he'd already seen it. Oh. I was like, oh, like, I just wanted to shrivel up into a ball and die. And he goes, like, get it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I look, I'm like, what? Oh, my God. I... There's just no more embarrassing moment. And especially with technology nowadays, like with the iPhone, you have your prioritized, you know, group of people up top and then you have everybody else. And so I don't know, like, it's so easy to distinctively is I'm going to be hundred percent clear here or transparent. I was sitting on the toilet while I was texting. So I don't know if I was focusing on other things, things were happening, things were moving and I was just trying to fire off a text message and I just butchered it. I just sent it to the wrong person. So that is my mulligan of the week. And funny enough, I tried to fix it, tried to unsend it. He still saw it. Uh, I hate myself for that. Shit. That's unfortunate. I almost told you like, in, like right in the moment, but I was too embarrassed to like even say it out loud. So I was like, I'm just going to sit on this for my mulligan of the week. I love that. That's what this is for. This is to get our, uh, get our issues out. I've got a mulligan of the week and now it's happened to me two straight weeks. So I think it's a me problem. Uh, but I was doing a little, uh, a little trimming and now up top or down below, down below, uh, and manscaping. No, I don't want to call them out for their quote unquote, no cut, uh, blades because there was definitely a cut at the base of the camp and it, hurt and it was bleeding at for sure it was no it wasn't the summit oh if no it was at sorry, the, summit, the summit's the top if it was at the that summit i'd camp. still be in the hospital yeah uh but yeah there was definitely blood and uh, i'm gonna be a little bit more careful next time that that's just something you can't hurry because sometimes i get in the, my shower like my shower routine of you know doing this and doing that you know i don't need to get into the whole routine <laughs> but i try to hurry through it i'm like god i need to shower i need to get to work i need to go so that's one thing that I tend to hurry sometimes. It's like, root, root. and then I was the like, that is not I was like, oh, there. that that one did not feel great. And sure enough, my finger, I was like, oh, fucking blood, sick. Uh, wasn't great. So yeah, be careful well, when you're out there, there trying to trying to trim your hedges because sometimes there's a fucking stick under there and you can catch some blood. Marissa, mowed a little too close to the ground. Mulligan of the week. Uh, so I was really sick last week, like really sick. Yeah. Um, and on Valentine's day, I was at the peak of my sickness. Um, I had a one Oh one fever. Didn't know it at the time, but, uh, went to dinner with Christian and we went to a really nice restaurant. What, what restaurant? Water grill. Oh, water grill downtown. Yeah. 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 Never been, but I've wanted to go. It's really good. Okay. I think I couldn't tell. Couldn't you. Taste I, I couldn't taste. Don't, don't tell Christian. I couldn't taste a thing. Um, but uh, <coughs> I was so sick, and I think I was so delusional that I was trying to cut my prime rib, and I was talking at the same time, and I was using my hands, and I flung my fork <laughs> across like this line of tables, and this very sweet human who like. <laughs> was dressed really nice and she was you know really happy to be with her boyfriend it just like i forked her <laughs> and it was like uh, a public like, forking it landed yes. on her plate it hit her directly it hit, it hit her directly and i could have easily been like oh my god i'm so sorry 
but I was so sick. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I just like looked at Christian and we made eye contact. And I think, you know, we've been married what, almost five, four years. So like he knew that I didn't want to like say anything. So we just kept looking at each other and then like trying not just to pretend laugh. like it didn't happen. Yes. And then I oh literally didn't have a fork. And it's like one of those restaurants where you have multiple forks, but like I had gone through all of them and they'd take them right away. So I just sat there waiting for someone to bring me a fork. And then the lady was like, oh, did it fall on the floor? Do you want me to get it? No, I was like, no. You're like, yeah, it's over yeah, there. I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but um, I felt bad because I think I got her nice. She was wearing white. It was really Oh, cool. yeah. God. Uh, so you're just eating your steak with a full fucking hand the rest I just of the way? didn't eat it until someone brought me a fork. But then I was also too embarrassed to like... Like, do you raise your hand or like, do you like, you know, it's like a weird thing with. Yeah. You just wait till they come over and check on you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she was, Jesus lady. Um, She was uh, taking forever to come around to us. So. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Great mulligan of the week though. That is good. Yeah. It does suck when you're really sick and you're trying to like bear through something because you just feel like a zombie and you're like trying to. Like, especially eating a good dinner, it's just such a lame, like, I'd rather just sit at home, eat some pho or whatever, we, or soup and fucking... We took pictures at the end, like, they had a cute little Valentine's like booth. booth. I looked high. You like, looked I like just... fucking Spongebob when oh, one eye's rolling uh, yeah. down the side of when he's got, <laughs> he got the, the suds. Yeah. I was dying, and then as soon as we got home, I was in, like, three hoodies. I was cold. I was gross. I was oh, like, I didn't want to be there, but... Yeah. Yeah. Damn, well, unfortunate, but great mulligan of the week. That Thank is you. Good. Forking ladies in public. I've been told that's not allowed, but apparently it's that'll just, get you put on you can, the list. Apparently, you can just call it an accident. <laughs> all right, we are going to wrap up this pod today. Appreciate you all tuning in for Winners Circle Monday. Follow us on all the social medias at Big Drive Energy on X, at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram. Uh, we will be back Wednesday uh, with an interview, as Mitchell said. So we'll have a live pod starting at 2 p.m. Eastern Time Wednesday. Be a shorter pod, 20, 30 minutes, probably something like that, talking about any of the other findings in golf for the week. And then we'll roll it into our interview with Josh Seipel, former Old Miss product, Wyndham Clark's teammate in high school, uh, and current golf teacher down in Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. We'll see how his experience was at the uh, Indiana, or not Daytona, Indiana, Daytona, Daytona 500. 500. Good, good, um, yeah. And get into the weeds on some high school golf. Maybe he'll recall what we were like in high school or what you were like, at least. That'll be. We played a lot together, so I bet he remembers a little bit of it. That'll be great to turn back the clock. We will do that on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, enjoy your uh, Monday, beginning of the week, and we'll talk to you Wednesday. Peace. Peace.